This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. At Amica Insurance... We know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Tonight, behind the scenes of the inauguration, the unprecedented lockdown, the security scare, and the concern about insider threats. Our exclusive access to the presidential platform and our interview with the senators in charge of the inauguration. More than 20,000 members of the National Guard now in the nation's capital, each of them undergoing an FBI background check as defense officials worry about an insider attack. The shocking video tonight, rioters rifling through the desks of senators, saying they were sent by President Trump. The concern that the mob got funding from foreign adversaries as the FBI looks for the woman accused of stealing a laptop from Speaker Pelosi and trying to sell it to Russia. The first 100 days, the items at the top of Joe Biden's to-do list, climate change and mask mandates, what we're learning about how he plans to speak directly to Trump supporters during his inaugural address, and our exclusive look at where the president-elect will take the oath of office on Wednesday. Trump's exit. Will he get the military send-off he wants as he considers pardoning 50 to 100 people? America crushed by COVID as the U.S. nears the number of deaths in World War II. California is hit with yet another new virus strain. But why some experts say there's good news on the horizon. And unifying America. The fifth graders tonight who honored the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. by standing up to hate. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. With less than 48 hours until President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration, tonight the investigation into the attack on the U.S. Capitol and the extraordinary effort to prevent another one are now in overdrive. CBS News has learned the FBI is now focusing on paramilitary and extremist groups that may have trained for an insurrection, including one group seen wearing body armor and helmets on January 6th. Now, sources tell CBS News federal agents are also vetting the backgrounds of more than 20,000 National Guard troops now surrounding downtown Washington, looking for any evidence of an insider threat. In a sign of just how seriously police now view the security situation, today Capitol Police briefly sent congressional staffers scrambling, locking down buildings over reports of a possible explosion nearby. We'll have more on that. And tonight we're getting an exclusive look behind the scenes at those intense preparations ahead of Wednesday swearing in, including out on the inaugural platform, those rioters climbed. The chair of the Congressional Inaugural Committee tells us he believes 1,000 people may have broken into the building. And he says if President Trump tries to pardon any of them, it will be disastrous. Well, we'll have our exclusive in just a moment, and our team is standing by with new reporting tonight. CBS's Jeff Begays is going to lead off our coverage from a fortified Washington. Good evening, Jeff. Nora, of the thousand people who may have gone into the Capitol building on January 6th, investigators are really focused on the extremists, people who may have scoped out the building, even trained for that assault. And today, two more members of one extremist group were charged, and investigators are pouring through new video, trying to pinpoint the extremists who may have been going after members of Congress. In this new video from the New Yorker magazine, the rioters reach an empty Senate chamber. Where the f*** are they? Where they rifle through the pages of a binder on a desk. There's got to be something in here. And revel in their success. When they consider walking away, instead, they decide to continue going through Republican Senator Ted Cruz's desk. Cruz, I think Cruz would want us to do this, so yeah, absolutely. I think we're good. They take pictures and kick their feet up until a police officer enters the chamber. Any chance I could get you guys yeah. to leave the Senate wing? We will. I've been making sure they ain't disrespecting the place. In other areas of the Capitol building, the rioters chant of a revolution and plow through their outnumbered opposition, searching for two of their targets. There was a brief scare today when the Capitol complex was shut down. Turns out there was a fire blocks away. Right now, the level of security in Washington is unprecedented. National Guard members are marching through the streets and quickly increasing in number. There will be more than 25,000 of them in the city by the time the new president is sworn in. The FBI is now vetting all members of the National Guard. CBS News correspondent David Martin asked the chief of the National Guard Bureau about those concerns. Are you worried at all about the reliability of your National Guard troops? Absolutely not. The FBI is also investigating the funding of the January 6th event from both domestic and foreign sources, including mysterious Bitcoin transfers of over $500,000 from overseas to people supporting the original rally. In all the chaos that day, someone stole a laptop from the House Speaker's office. Investigators say they are looking for Riley June Williams, who is now a fugitive. Court papers show how investigators tracked the Pennsylvania woman's movements all the way into Pelosi's office. 
They also say that they got a tip that she intended to send the computer device to a friend in Russia, who then planned to sell it to Russia's Foreign Intelligence Service, but that fell through. Also among those charged by federal prosecutors, Emily Hernandez of Sullivan, Missouri, who allegedly stole Pelosi's nameplate, and John Schaefer, who was allegedly affiliated with the Oath Keepers, which is a far-right anti-government group. The Columbus, Indiana resident faces six charges after allegedly spraying a Capitol Police officer with bear spray. Investigators have made a lot of arrests already. 90 people have been charged with federal crimes, and that's a number that is expected to go up. The tip line is really paying off for investigators. We're told that in some cases, families are turning on each other. Dora. And calling them in. Jeff Begays, thank you. Well, the inauguration will come exactly two weeks after that angry mob stormed the Capitol, including the platform where Joe Biden will take the oath of office. The big question, will it be safe on Wednesday? We spoke exclusively with senators in charge of the inauguration, Republican Roy Blunt and Democrat Amy Klobuchar. Senators, thank you so much. Senator Blunt, let me ask you, is there any doubt in your mind that there will be a peaceful transfer of power? No, no doubt at all. And I think we're going to project to the world exactly uh, the message we'd want to at this very spot where so many bad things happened two weeks ago. I think the world's going to see the Constitution and the democracy of our country work. How important is that to show that to the world? It couldn't be more important. And while uh, the events of January 6th and the insurrection, I think for a lot of people, they stepped back and reflected and thought, this democracy means something to us. There was a scare, security scare this morning that led to the Capitol being locked down. What if that happens Wednesday? Take one thing at a time. There's always always plans and ways you can change things, but uh, that turned out to be uh, not a real occurrence of any security risk. As a Republican, are you disappointed that President Trump won't be here? I think the president should have been here, and uh, I'm disappointed. What kind of message do you think it sends? That's his decision, but this is still going to be this magical moment uh, where a new president takes the reins. Did you ever consider for security reasons about moving this inside? I don't think we seriously did. This is not only a moment of importance, but the fact that we do it and where we do it matters and really important to maintain that sense of uh, the continuity of both our Constitution and our democracy. And yet the leader of your party and his most fervent supporters tried to derail that. Well, you know, what happened here two weeks ago was was uh, one of the great stains on the history of the country, in my view. It was outrageous. It was uh, totally uh, unforgivable. Mm-hmm. There were hundreds, if not thousands, of rioters on this very stage just last week. How much damage was done? A lot of damage was done to our reputation. Not much done to the building. There were probably a thousand people in the building. Every one of those people should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. What if President Trump pardons some of the people involved? I think that'd be disastrous. I think what they did is unpardonable. This is what President Joe Biden will see when he addresses the nation. Well, there'll be some people out there, so yes. Yeah. And then some nearly 200,000 American flags instead of a crowd. Well, and normally we have 200,000 people. So instead of 200,000 people, I guess we'll have almost 200,000 flags. Was there any damage done to this area? There was a little damage. Some repainting had to be done. I understand they've replaced all the windows. These are the windows that we saw right. 
them punching right. flagpoles and helmets through and then crawling and through crawling these very through. windows. Right. Yeah. But that has yeah. all been replaced. Just like our democracy is starting fresh on the 20th. Right. And we wanted to show you this. We were struck by this view the 46th president of the United States will have as he takes his oath of office. Incredibly beautiful and quite secure tonight. And tonight, President-elect Joe Biden is making final revisions to that inaugural address that he'll give from that very lectern. In it, he's expected to reach out to Republicans. But moments later, he will begin signing executive orders rolling back many of President Trump's programs. CBS's Weijia Zhang is covering the transition in Wilmington, Delaware. President-elect Joe Biden celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. with a day of service at a Philadelphia food bank. CBS News has learned Mr. Biden will use his inaugural address to directly appeal to Trump supporters as part of a push for unity. He is the president for all of America, and he's going to govern that way. Louisiana Congressman Cedric Richmond will serve as a top aide in the West Wing. I think you're going to hear a... Uh, honest assessment of where we are as a country. As soon as Mr. Biden takes the oath of office on Wednesday, he'll reverse some of the Trump administration's most controversial policy decisions. He'll rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement, reverse the travel ban on some Muslim-majority countries, and issue a mask mandate on federal property and interstate travel. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, who also spent the day volunteering, formally resigned from her California Senate seat ahead of her historic swearing-in on Wednesday. Of course, I'm not saying goodbye. Um, in many ways, I'm now saying hello as your vice president. Harris will take her oath of office from the first Latina Supreme Court Justice, Sonia Sotomayor, who plans to use a Bible once owned by one of Harris's heroes, the first African-American Supreme Court Justice, Thurgood Marshall. I will walk there to that moment proudly with my head up and my shoulder back. Unprecedented circumstances like this pandemic have delayed Senate confirmation hearings for the president-elect's cabinet picks. Tomorrow, they will begin for five nominees, including the director of national intelligence. But there is a chance Mr. Biden could begin his presidency without a single member of his cabinet confirmed. Nora. Weijia Zhang, thank you. And on this day of national service, we did not see President Trump at all. Instead, with just hours left in his term tonight, President Trump is mulling over how many pardons he should issue and who should get them. And it could be a long list. CBS's Paula Reed reports from the White House. With just one full day in office remaining, the president plans to issue between 50 and 100 pardons or commutations. The pardons are a very positive thing for a president. Former aide Steve Bannon and personal attorney Rudy Giuliani could both get last-minute reprieves. Giuliani today denied that he was paid to lobby the president for pardons. Mr. Trump has insisted he has the power to pardon himself, but that could anger Senate Republicans who will serve as jurors in his possible impeachment trial. As I say farewell. First Lady Melania Trump rarely seen in recent weeks, issued a farewell video in which she referenced the January 6th Capitol assault. Be passionate in everything you do, but always remember that violence is never the answer and will never be justified. 
The president will fly to Florida Wednesday morning, and with him will be the so-called nuclear football, the briefcase containing the launch codes for nuclear weapons. A second briefcase will be in Washington, ready for President-elect Biden once he's sworn in. In a break with tradition, the first lady did not invite Dr. Jill Biden here to the White House, and the first couple will not be attending the inauguration. With the military focused on securing D.C., President Trump will get a scaled-back send-off. He will not get the full military honors he wanted. Nora. So much changing. Paula Reed. thank you. And turning now to the coronavirus crisis and the news from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Two new vaccines could be ready for approval in just a matter of weeks. And it can't come soon enough. The CDC tells CBS News the death toll could hit half a million by the middle of February. We get more now from CBS's Jamie Yukis. Tonight, California leads the world in coronavirus cases, with more than 3 million residents infected. And now concern over new variants hitting the state. You think there are other variants most likely out there? Certainly. I think that it's, it's like fly, shining a flashlight in the dark. You're going to see something if you start to look. And we just haven't been looking. Nationwide, the chaotic rollout of the vaccine continues. Be patient. We get it. Everybody needs vaccines. Leading to more than a few frayed nerves in Florida. You can't get an appointment. You can't buy an appointment. So what are we going to do? Florida's Department of Health says more than 40,000 are already overdue for their second dose. All this as the country braces for the worst. By the middle of February, we expect half a million deaths in this country. This chart shows the dramatic increase in COVID deaths in L.A. County. One person now dying every six minutes. The coroner has a backlog of bodies. L.A. County has just eased air quality rules to allow for more cremations. As bad as things may seem, one uplifting update tonight. I was fearing the worst. You know. We met Dennis Zayas and his wife Jessica just before Christmas, after a COVID diagnosis led to a double lung transplant. Almost having to learn how to walk again. Now he's working out. And this weekend, got his first dose of the Moderna vaccine. A new report from Reuters tonight says President Trump is lifting COVID travel restrictions beginning January 26th from Europe and Brazil, where the virus is surging. Meanwhile, hospitals here are still at maximum capacity and worried about post-holiday surge. Nora? Jamie Yukas, thank you so much. Tonight, the U.S. is calling for the immediate release of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, who was arrested Sunday when he voluntarily returned to Moscow. Navalny had been recovering in Germany after being poisoned, and he blames the Kremlin. And a man from California faces criminal charges in Chicago after hiding out in O'Hare Airport, get this, for nearly three months. Authorities say the man arrived from Los Angeles in October, found a manager's badge, and then used it to roam the airport. He says he was living there because he was afraid to fly home in the pandemic. On this Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a group of students are continuing the civil rights leader's legacy. CBS's Nikki Batiste has more in our series, Unifying America. In a remarkable display of courage, a fifth-grade class marched into California's state capitol to testify and to rewrite their history books. Of all the suffering they did really inflames your soul, especially when that person 
with someone like you. Now 16, Nicole Sandoval was one of those kids fighting to have their textbooks tell the missing story of mass deportations of Mexican-Americans in the 1930s. Today, the students are among the first nine honorees of the Museum of the Courageous, a new online nonprofit highlighting people who stand up to hate. What we're trying to do is build a group of people compelled and inspired and ready to stand up to hate. The story of the Courageous class really offers us inspiration and a pathway forward. This courageous class includes Vernon Damer, a Mississippi civil rights leader who was murdered by the KKK as he fought for black citizens to freely vote, and Polly Murray, a priest and pioneer for gender and racial equality. How do you hope your story can inspire unity in our country today? I think that everyone in this country should feel that they belong, that they matter, and that their voice is valued. Today, we celebrate the bravery of the past and hope for a more inclusive future. Nikki Batiste, CBS News, New York. Very important to remember that legacy today. Tomorrow, the latest on the unprecedented security in the nation's capital ahead of the inauguration. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We want to leave you with a look at the field of flags and pillars of light celebrating Joe Biden's inauguration. Good night. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.